Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Uh, this is Jennifer Harris. I'm the Director of Marketing in Initiatives at the Rudd Center for Food Policy and Obesity. And um, today my guest is Dr. William Spencer. He's a legislator at, in Suffolk County, New York. And welcome, Dr. Spencer. Thank you. It's uh, really nice to be here. Um, Dr. Spencer has a, a really interesting perspective. He's a physician, and he's a legislator in Suffolk County. And so, um, Dr. Spencer, could you tell us a little bit about your philosophy of public health and, and changing public health in your community? Uh, certainly. Um, one of the reasons I got involved uh, politically um, was to be able to have an, an, an opportunity to kind of impact uh, more lives uh, on a larger stage. Uh, as a physician, I get to deal with my patients uh, one at a time and make a positive impact on their lives. Uh, but I'm very limited, and a lot of times I'm treating uh, people after problems occur. Or public health, uh, you can reach not only a larger number of people, but it allows you a chance to be able to uh, put policies that can uh, prevent people from having uh, health problems. And so by being an elected uh, legislator, um, I have an opportunity to, uh, to make those, uh, th those changes. That's really great. And, and Suffolk County is really ahead of the game when it comes to public health policy, I think. Can you tell us a little bit about your initiatives there and what you've worked on? Uh, certainly, Suffolk County, uh, Long Island. Um, we are uh, in a in a unique position. Uh, we have a, a very uh, educated uh, constituency, and also a fairly balanced uh, political electorate, where we're about uh, one third Republicans, Democrats, and uh, Independents. And uh, over the years, uh, there's uh, been uh, the ability to uh, affect first in the nation uh, legislation. So we have a track record of that. Uh, we're a relatively small body with 20 members of the uh, legislature. And um, I think that we uh, uh, strike a balance where uh, a lot of times uh, um, members of the legislature can vote what's in the best interest of the community and can sometimes uh, uh, depart from their, uh, their politics. And our paths crossed when um, we both uh, testified at the Senate Commerce Committee on Energy Drink Marketing to Kids. And um, can you tell us a little bit about the work you've done in Suffolk County to address that issue? Uh, certainly. Um, when I first was elected to the uh, legislature, I was the first uh, physician to uh, have the privilege to serve. Um, I was given the uh, the privilege of serving on the uh, the health committee, and uh, prior to my uh, coming in to the legislature, there was a, a lot of interest and concern with the uh, the energy drink uh, issue in terms of how it affected the lives of uh, young people, and there had been uh, previous uh, attempts uh, by uh, my colleague Lynn Nowick to uh, sort of address this issue, and she was able to uh, really have significant success by uh, fashioning a compromise. But um, still we saw an increased number of uh, uh, young people being impacted with the toxic effects of uh, energy drinks. But what was concerning was uh, that I felt 
there was an unlevel playing field where uh, you had an industry that uh, had defined themselves as uh, an energy drink when they were actually stimulants when we talk about caffeine. And because of their marketing tactics, I really felt that um, an unlevel playing field existed when uh, 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 kids were being targeted with marketing that kind of took the uh, control away from parents in terms of being able to help their children make uh, uh, acceptable decisions. And so we saw that ER visits were increasing with kids uh, having uh, toxic caffeine effects. And the amount of advertisements were increasing. And when I saw that companies were actually targeting children through direct mail, this to me was kind of the final straw. And by direct mail, where you would see a product that is labeled uh, not intended for use uh, by those under um, 18 years old and yet being directly mailed to 16 and 15-year-olds, um, this, to me, uh, created uh, an unlevel playing field that uh, warranted government uh, action. And so um, I became involved with uh, introducing legislation to restrict the direct marketing of energy drinks, uh, to provide education, and to restrict the sale to minors on county properties. And it was a long battle, but by taking a, a measured approach and getting these legislations passed, we were able to kind of have a ripple effect uh, with um, other municipalities, towns, and uh, cities, and uh, counties, and countries that uh, still today we're, we're seeing the uh, impact of. And uh, where we met at Washington, we actually got the attention of our federal government. So what do you think are some of the keys to successful implementation? Because this was the first policy regarding energy drinks that was passed in this country. Why, how could you do this? Well, um, I had a lot of help uh, by getting uh, community uh, support and buy-in to those that were uh, uh, impacted by this particular issue. But I also think it was important to, uh, to really listen to all sides uh, who were involved in the debate and um, sometimes uh, being willing to compromise and take a more measured approach by balancing some of the commerce and economic concerns, uh, some of the, the political reality. And uh, maybe uh, we didn't take the, uh, the strongest legislative pose, but uh, by having success, uh, we were able to create a significant amount of awareness and also uh, uh, allow for other uh, areas uh, of the country to look at what we had been able to draw attention to. And I, I know that a big part of your legislation was a public health campaign and getting um, the kids involved in learning about energy drinks. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, certainly. I think that um, although having the laws are important to help stop the young people from being uh, targeted with the direct marketing, we also have to educate. And uh, uh, there's a, well, by uh, this very powerful $9 billion industry being able to define themselves as energy, um, it gave the perception that uh, that uh, you could kind of 
not follow your body's natural signals, that you could skip the nap, you could uh, get increased performance, not through hydrating with water and, 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 and naturally, but by using um, these uh, stimulants. So the education was uh, uh, really important to make uh, people aware uh, that, that caffeine is a stimulant, that um, although it can be tolerated, that for young people in developing brains, there was a, a, a much bigger impact. And um, the education allows, again, shifting the responsibility back to the parents. It arms them with information. It arms young people with information and uh, um, allows us to get past the kind of the deceptive marketing campaign. So, um, you know, in, in our work, we're also on the other side of um, the industry a lot of times. Can you tell us a little bit about how they defended against your the, the concerns about energy drinks? What kinds of um, arguments they used? Sure. I think any time um, you um, have a very powerful industry that they have experts that are uh, involved in lobbying across the uh, country. Um, any changes like this is uh, met with fierce resistance. And, and so uh, some of the, um, the arguments, uh, one arguing, again, uh, the kind of the economic uh, impact. And this rings true, true with a lot of legislators when we're trying to support business and we're trying to balance with not have government kind of get in the way. And again, I evoke that this was a protective issue because children are vulnerable. Uh, but they argued that um, energy drinks, uh, one, that they weren't harmful, uh, that they were natural. And uh, uh, there are a lot of natural substances that uh, can be harmful for you. And the actual, uh, when we look at uh, caffeine, its uh, function in nature is an insecticide. Uh, they argued that the ingredients were safe, but uh, uh, the issue was uh, very subtle that the individual ingredients are safe, but when you put them in combination together that you can have some uh, unforeseen side effects because of the potentiating effects. Um, they also argue that uh, there's caffeine everywhere that uh, we use safely, and uh, when we uh, look at the um, energy drinks. Sometimes it's the fact that uh, you're taking a concentrated caffeine very, very quickly. And, and so uh, what we tried to do was to listen to the concerns and, and listen to the arguments, not, again, uh, trample on uh, uh, commerce, uh, but at the uh, same time, be a, a, being able to kind of look a little deeper and to be able to tease out where some of the deceptive uh, uh, deception was occurring. They also argued that they didn't market to kids, and that was very uh, easily uh, seen to be not the case where um, um, they sponsor uh, local soccer tournaments, across tournaments. Uh, a lot of their uh, advertisements include children. Um, so... Um, if you're marketing to a 20 to 30-year-old crowd, uh, why would you do an advertisement with a, a, a 10-year-old? So uh, um, so what we also found was that they reached out to other levels of, of government to try to bring a lot of pressure to, uh, 
try to stop there from being any change. But by being persistent, by working with my colleagues both uh, in front and behind the scenes, uh, I think that we were able to uh, have success and uh, make a positive impact. One argument we hear a lot when we talk about um, improving marketing to kids is that we're restricting choice or restricting people's choices. Did that argument come up at all there? Certainly. It 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 came up a lot. And uh, recently, I, I, last week, we passed smoking legislation where we raised the age to purchase tobacco products to 21. And again, when it comes to adults, I'm a firm believer in personal liberties. And although as a physician, there may be some recommendations, I may not wish my patients to smoke or to not do certain habits. I don't think those rights should be taken away. But when we talk about children where there is a, an, an, an issue where they're being unduly influenced because of uh, their, uh, their brain anatomy, when we look at young people, other brains are developing. And so those centers in the brain uh, that are um, responsible for impulsive behavior continue to develop into the early uh, 20s. And so a lot of times, this is a bigger argument, when we look at small things such as uh, energy drinks and, and, and smoking, they can lead to uh, uh, alcohol abuse and they can also be gateways for uh, uh, drug addiction. And so um, I do think it's uh, Im- important when we look at vulnerable populations, I think that, again, we're acting in a protective manner and not in a, a restrictive manner. Congratulations on the smoking ban. That's really exciting. Also the first in the country, right? Uh, the first county. We did yeah. see that uh, New York City passed the uh, a, a, a similar uh, ban uh, just over the fall, and Anita, Massachusetts was the first uh, small town, so we're glad to be the first county in the country. So you've obviously been very successful. What what advice would you give for advocates who want to, you know, engage more local policymakers and to passing more public health policies like these? Certainly. Um, I, I, I do feel that uh, we, we've had some success by, uh, one, uh, being willing to listen, uh, being willing to be measured, being willing to compromise. And you can compromise and still maintain your core values. And I think that with any level of government, be it the town, uh, county, state, or, or federal government, that when we put up barriers where we just kind of shut out any differ, different opinion, when we uh, look uh, to uh, not entertain uh, uh, people because they may have a different political affiliation, then I think this leads to stagnation and, and, and nothing being done. And by having kind of a, uh, uh, an open mind, uh, being willing to place value in other people that may have a different opinion and working with them, I think we've been able to uh, achieve some uh, success. 
Well, that's great. Like I said, it's been very, very exciting what you've been able to do there. And um, we at the Red Center love to see successful policy implementation, and we're really excited that you could be with us here today. It's been a real honor. I thank you for this opportunity, and I look forward to working together in the future.